Okay, we're getting here on the bottom of Yudam Bed by the Mishnah. Beit Shemai Omrim. Be'erev kol adam yateh v'yikra u'bubukur yamot. When a person comes to St. Kriyat Shema at night, he has to lay down to say Kriyat Shema. And in the morning, he has to stand up to say Kriyat Shema. Shanemar u'bishoch b'cho u'vkumecho. It's dictating to you the position in which you must be in order to say Kriyat Shema. Beit Hillel Omrim. Kol adam korek yedarko. You can read any way you want in any position that you want. Shanemar because it says while you're walking, while you're going on your way. So going on your way is any way, any way that you please. The shach b'chov kumecha is not defining for you the position in which you must be. What's the purpose of shach b'chov kumecha? At the time that people are sleeping, the time that people awaken. So just to note here that there's an inconsistency in the definition. We saw this in the Mishnah, that Rashi explains that the Machloket between the Rabbanan and Rabbi Eliezer is about the definition of the word Shechiva. Is Shechiva mean at the time that people go to sleep? Or Shechiva mean Koz Macha Anashim Shochvim, any time that people are sleeping? And both the Chachamim and Rabbi Gamliel think it's Shechiva, the time that people are sleeping. But everybody agrees when we talk about Uv Kumecha, it's not the time that people are awake, it's when people awake in. Nobody says that you can say Kriyat Shema all day because that's when people are awake. It's clear there that it means when they awaken. So it'll turn out that according to that, that there's some, some sort of inconsistency between the two. Uvishach B'cha meaning the time that people are sleeping, and whereas Uvkumecha is going to be the time that people awaken. I'm a Rabbi Tarfon. Ani Aiti Baba Derech. I was traveling on the way, and I lay down to read the Kriyat Shema like Beit Shemai. I endangered myself because of the marauders that were in that area. So Amrulo, they said to him, You're deserving of whatever would have come to you because you violated the words of Beit Yilal. You didn't have to get down. You didn't have to stop what you were doing. You could have read Kriyat Shema while you were traveling. So now Gemara says, Bishlama Beit Yilal Kamifarshitamayhu Beit Yilal themselves explain the reasoning behind their position. Vitaim of the Beit Shammai. And they also explain what Beit Shammai's position is. They're explaining that B'Shach B'chav Kumecha is talking about the time, not the position. Indicating that Beit Shammai's position is, B'Shach B'chav Kumecha is defining for you the position in which you say Kriyat Shema. So now the Gemara says, Ela Beit Shammai, my time, Elo Amrik Beit Yilal. Why don't they hold like Beit Yilal? Beit Yilal explains what their position is and why they don't hold like Beit Shammai. Now, Beit Shemai himself gives no definition to why they don't hold like Beit Yilal. So, Amadachah Beit Shemai, Im Kim Neim Akra, Baboker Ba'erif. If it's just talking about the time and not position, you could have simply used the definitions of morning and night. Mai Bishoch B'chov Kumecha, Bishat Shechiva, Shechiva Mamash. So, it means at night time, but in the position of Shechiva. Ubishat Kima, Kima means daytime, or when you awaken, but Kima Mamash, but also indicates to you the position in which you say Kriyat Shema. So then you have now, Ubelech Techa which is left for Beit Shemai. Beit Shemai, Hai Ubelech Techa Baderach, Mai Abid What do they do with Ubelech Techa Baderach? Beit Yilal says Ubelech Techa Baderach is teaching us the position. Shoch B'chob Kumecha is teaching us the time. Beit Shemai says that both time and position are defined by Bishoch B'chob Kumecha. That means now they have Ubelech Techa Baderach left over. It says, "Hamui bailu lekitanyo." They need it for this brayta. Beshiftecha beveitecha, prat laoseik bemitzvah, uvelechtecha vederech, prat lechatan. So these two of these come to exclude cases where you do not say kriyat shema. That is, that when person is osik bemitzvah, he's patur min mitzvah. So someone who is beshiftecha beveitecha, 
When it's on your own time, then you say Kriyat Shema. When you're on God's time, then it's Prat, those sacred mitzvah, you're not included. Now you have to ask, the Gemara then brings the second limu, which is Vlech Tachovaderech Prat Lechatan. That's also the same thing. A chatan who gets married is asuk b'mitzvah, he's patur min mitzvah. Why did the Gemara or the Brayta have to bring two definitions here? They say osuk b'mitzvah and then osuk b'mitzvah again. So as Rashi explains, there's different types of problems here. Osuk b'mitzvah is someone who's physically engaged in the mitzvah. So when they're physically engaged in the mitzvah, they're patur from another mitzvah like Kriyachma. A chatan is not physically engaged in the mitzvah, we're going to see in one second, but rather he has psychological engagement in the mitzvah. He's worried. He's thinking about doing the mitzvah. And that psychological involvement also is poter him from saying Kriyat Shema. But that's the Chiddush of the Brayta. That's why we need a second meal to teach us. Not only is physical engagement enough to be poter you, but even psychological engagement is enough to free you of the mitzvah. Simikan Amru. From this they learned that a koneset abtula patur. Someone who marries a woman who's a abtula, he's patur from Kriyat Shema. Vet he marries an almanah, then chayav. So my mashmo. How do you know this? How do you learn this out of the pasuk? So amra papa ki derech. Ma derech reshut? Afko reshut. Just like derech, when you go v'lech tachob derech, means it's of your own volition, for your own needs, for your own reasons. So too, when are you obligated to say kriyat shema? When you're on your own time. When you're on God's time, then that's not the case. Gemara says, it says, When you go on your way, it could be Devar Rishut, it could be Devar Mitzvah. How do you know that it's talking about a Devar Rishut? And the Torah still demands of you to read Kriyat So it tells you to read Kriyat both in cases of Rishut and in case of Mitzvah. So how do you learn from this? When you are sitting down and when you are going. What is the possessive form that is written there? That it's you're sitting down and you're going. It's only when you're sitting on your own time of your own volition and you're going for your own reasons. There, then you're chayav to say Kriyat Shema. If it's not on your own, meaning it's not for your own going, it's not for your own sitting, then you're tirat, then you're patur mina mitzvah. And that's how they learn out. I says, okay, Wait a minute. If this is all about a mitzvah, if the whole issue here is a osik mitzvah, potter min a mitzvah, what's the issue? Why is there a difference between a tula and almana? Both of them are mitzvot. If you're doing a mitzvah, then it should be potter min a mitzvah. So high tarit, vel high low tarit. There's a difference here. There's not the same issue. One involves a certain amount of psychological worry and engagement. The other one does not. And as Rashi points out, he is worried about this bilat mitzvah, and because of that, that adds another dimension that is poterim him from kriyashma. Okay, imishum tirda. If you're talking about being whether it's psychologically engaged or worried, is what's poter you from kriyashma. Afilu tavas nami. If your boat's sinking in the ocean, you should be pator because you're worried. Then, where it says vichi so when he say, yeah, okay, in Ochanami. It says, Alama, how could you say that? Avel Chayab Mitzvot Amurot And Avel, someone is sitting Shiva, is Chayab in all Mitzvot, Chutzminat Tfilin. The only exception to that rule is Tfilin, Shahare Nehemar Behem Pe'er. Because Tfilin are called Pe'er, Shehnehemar, Percha Chobosh Alecha. That there's a demand for Yechezkel to put on his Pe'er, his crown, to put on that which is his glory. The Gemara says that Pe'er refers to Tfilin, 
And the Gemara Moed Katan learns that whatever Yechezkel was demanded of there, Hashem tells Yechezkel, do this, do this, do this, all those are unique to Yechezkel's position where he's Be'avelut, but a regular Avel would not do that. So if Yechezkel wore tefillin, that means that an Avel in other instances would not wear tefillin. But that's the only tour that you have. Otherwise, all mitzvot yuchayav. And if the problem here is tirda, is the psychological engagement or worry or the sorrow that one feels over the loss, that should already be puter you from Kriyachman. That's not happening here. It says, Hatam tarid tirda de mitzvah, hacha tarid tirda de rishut. It's the difference of what that's causing you that engagement. Are you engaged in a mitzvah that's causing the tirda? Or is it something of your own emotional expression or feelings? that are causing you to have this tirda. And that's the difference. Basically what the Gemara is saying is that the requirement for a tour here is twofold. You need both osuk b'mitzvah, and then you need the tirda. Those two together are what poter you from kriyachma. Otherwise, you're going to be chayav in kriyachma. And examples of that are almana. When he marries the almana, even though there's an osuk b'mitzvah, he's still missing the aspect of tirda. Therefore, he's chayav. And same thing with avelut. Avelut has the aspect of tirda, but does not have the aspect of mitzvah. And because of that, you have to say Kriyachma in that instance. And as my brother-in-law just pointed out to me, the Rav Salavechik explains with regards to Avelut that the Masse Avelut are really only expressions of the Kiyum Shibalev. Those are manifestations of what happens in the Lev, but the real Din of Avelut is a Kiyum Shibalev. Over here, this Gemara seems to negate that. Because here it says that the Tirda that one feels is not a part of the mitzvah of Avelu. It says that that's tirda de rishut. That's one's own emotional, right, preoccupation, engagement, but it's not related to the mitzvah itself. And therefore, here it seems to be a problem for that explanation of Rav Soloveitchik. So now the next line in the Gemara is difficult. Basically, the Bach and the Marsha take it out, because it just says here, Beit Shemai, how we buy the Prat Shluchei Mitzvah? It basically answers the same question that we said before, which is, what do they do with it? And now the Gemara answers, but that's what we just did. That's what we just spent all this time in the Gemara explaining that for Beit Shammai is come to say, Prat So they take it out. The Rashash leaves it in. And the Rashash says it's just a sikum. It's a summary. We started out with a question of Beit Shammai, but then we had this whole long, drawn-out discussion about Osek B'mitzvah. Now when we come back, the Gemara is just re-highlighting what we started with, which is, What do they need a lech tochavadera for? It's prad l'shulchei mitzvah. Then the Gemara says, Where does Beit Hillel learn out this issue of osik mitzvah, poter mina mitzvah? Where do they get that information from? So, They say, we learn it the same way that Beit Shemai does, which is, they learn it out from But, Beit Hillel also needs to learn out of a lechta chabaderach that you can say it in any position. So the, the answer of the Gemara is, well, that's memela. That comes out without any real drusha, because the Torah says you can do it. means that even when you're walking, you can do it. So you see from that that there is no demand of being in a specific position when you say the Kriyachma, because the Torah says when you're going on your way, you say it. So that's memela. You know that even when you're walking and moving around, you can say it, and if there's no demand of a position of a shach but they agree with Beit Shammai that and are coming to teach you about Pratosek Mitzvah and Pratachatan. I just note here, it's interesting that Rashi points out with regards to Percha the reason for the tour for Tfilin by Navel, the Gemara Moed Katan, as I explained, says that it's because whatever Yechezkel did, that's what the Avel doesn't do. But Rashi here gives a reason, and he says, 
the Avel mitgolel bitzaro b'afar, the Avel who is so distraught that he's basically rolling in the dust, ein zepe'er, it's a contradiction, it's mutually exclusive to wearing tefillin, which are known as a pe'er. And the reason the Avel doesn't wear it is because the Avel is in a state of being where he is not classified as having pe'er anymore, he cannot have a pe'er on him. The question is, why did Rashi do that? Why didn't Rashi just quote the Gemara from Moed Katan? And Tosfot asked that question. So Tosfot gives two answers as to why Rashi had to bring this additional reason here. First is, V'teret Sasar Mikutsi, that we don't learn out all other mitzvot from tefillin in a kavachomer. If we're willing to give up tefillin for an avail, tefillin being a mitzvah, we know the Gemara in Yoma says that kokakafto, any head that doesn't wear tefillin is poshe Yisrael. It's a mitzvah that has a certain amount of import. And if we were to say that, don't avail is pato from that, it should be pato all the mitzvot. So Rashi's come to explain to you what's unique about the mitzvah of tefillin we say that is left out from the Avel, but all other mitzvot you are chayav. Inami gives a second re- reason, which is, to tell you why uh, the tour for tefillin is only on the first day. Because of this, is unique to the Avel state on the first day of Avelut. But after that, the diminishment of that emotional pain as you move through the Avelut, the Avel is no longer mitgolel ba'afar, and that's why tefillin for the rest of the days is allowed to be put on. So he says Rashi is giving not an alternative explanation to the Gemara, but he's enhancing the explanation of the Gemara to help us understand more about this tour of Tefillin on the first day of Avelut. Alright, now we move on in the Gemara. Tanra Banan. Beitel omim omdim v'korim, yoshvim v'korim, umatin v'korim, hochim aderach v'korim, osim v'lachtan v'korim. Any one of these positions is fine in terms of saying Kriyashma. You can be standing up, you can be sitting down, you can be laying on your side, you can be walking, or you can be working and you can be reading Kriyashma. I mean, whatever position you're found in, that's where you can read Kriyashma. They were together in a location. Rabbi Shmuel was laying down on the bed. Whether he was actually standing or he was sitting up on the bed, but he was not in a laying position. When Shriyashma came, Rabbi Lazar went to lay down. Vizakaf Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel popped up. Either he sat up or he stood up. This is like a little bit of an affront to me here. Let me explain to you what this is like. So you have your beautiful, nice, grown-out beard. He says, if you think it's beautiful and nice, I'm cutting it off. It's going straight to the barber. Also here, as long as I was upright, you were laying down. I went to lay down to match you, to be in the same position as you. As soon as I lay down to be like you, you jumped up. says, I don't understand. We're reading Kriyat I stood up because I'm like Beit Hillel. And you are laying down to be like Beit Shemai. Blood. And not only that, Maybe the Talmudim will see what we did. And based on that, they'll think the Aloha is like Beit Shemai. Amar says, Why do you need the second reason? Even Beit Hillel agrees to the position of Beit Shemai. They agree that if you're laying down, it's good enough. So when he laid down on the couch, he could have said Kriyat Shema in that position. There's no problem with that. That's if you're in that position when it comes to Kriyat Shema Amikara. You're originally there. 
So this time you were standing up or upright, and you intentionally lay down at the time of Kriyat Shema, that Beit Hillel does not agree with. What are people going to conclude? They're going to conclude that you hold like Beit Shemai, because you specifically went out of the position you were in to the position of Muteh, and that looks like you're holding like Beit Shemai. So And so there's a fear here that that will establish the like Beit Shemai. So I stood up to indicate or to be in contradistinction to your laying down and to show that the locha is not to lay down, but rather to be like Beit Hillel. So in Ochanami, I could have stayed laying down. It was fine for me, even according to Beit Hillel, to stay laying down. But you, because you lay down, forced me to have to stand up because your laying down seems to indicate the locha is like Beit Shemai. And so now I got up in order to show that that was not the case. If you act like Beit Shemai, it's fine. You do like Beit Hillel, it's also fine. If you do like Beit Shemai, it's as if you did nothing. I mean that Chachamim took away the mitzvah if you specifically go out of your way to perform Kriyat Shema like Beit Shemai. It's not. We have a Mishnah that proves this from Mishnah from Sukkah. person who's sitting in a Sukkah Roshovarubo, that means his head and the robe of his body is in the sukkah, but his table is inside the house. Now technically we have a kosher sukkah here, everybody agrees we have a kosher sukkah, what are we afraid of? We're afraid of the fact that your table is inside the house, that you will be drawn after the table, and you'll end up eating in the house, not in the sukkah. So therefore, Beit Shemai Puslim, Beit Shemai says it's pasul, Beit Shemai says it's fine. So Beit Shemai has this gzera, that it's pasul, whereas Beit Shemai says there is no such gzera chachamim, it's kosher. So Amalei and Beit Hillel Beit Shemai Maseh Shalchu Ziknei Beit Shemai Ziknei Beit Hillel Vaker Et Rabbi Yochanan Ben Hachoranit Matzua Shayiru Shov Rubo B'Sukav Shochano B'Toch Habayit Exactly this situation. This is a case where they found him sitting in this position where we have a machloket Velo Amru Lo Klum and they didn't say anything to him. So that's a proof that this gzera doesn't exist. That even Beit Shemai doesn't agree to this gzera. Amalei Misham Raya Afayim Emrulo. Wait, do you have the whole case wrong? You don't have the end of the story. The end of the story is, This is the way you conducted yourself, then you certainly didn't do the mitzvah, because the Chachamim suspended your ability to do the mitzvah in that way, in that manner. That if you do it in this manner, you have not been yotze the mitzvah of sukkah. So Rashi claims that the way this works is that, just like in the case of sukkah, we see that Beit Shammai says, if you act like Beit Hillel, the mitzvah is null and void. It's as if you didn't do the mitzvah. So to here in the reverse. Here where if you act like Beit Shemai, Beit Hillel is going to say that you're not Yotzei the mitzvah. That's the way Rashi says the Gemara is bringing down the proof case. The problem with that is, and as Tosfa points out, is that the cases are significantly different. In this case, Beit Hillel agrees that Beit Shemai's position is still kosher to be Yotzei Kriyat Shema. Beit Shemai, in the case of Sukkah, cannot say that Beit Hillel's position is okay. Because it's clear that they think that that's the gzera. That's the gzera is to say, you can't do this because of what will come from it. So over there, Beit Shemai says, if you act like Beit Hillel, you didn't do the mitzvah. But over here, why is that automatic? Or why would you automatically conclude that in the reverse, Beit Hillel would say, Beit Shemai is no good. Beit Hillel agrees that Beit Shemai's position is good. They just give you more options than just Beit Shemai's option. So that's why Tosfat says he doesn't understand Rashi's connection of the two. Because over here, Beit Hillel is the mekil, not the machmir. So Tosvot explains the proof from this case in Sukkah a little different. That just like in Sukkah, even though Minhat Torah, you're Yotzei, nevertheless, the Chachamim took away the mitzvah from you. 
So Beit Shemai agrees in a Torah that sitting in this Rubo Verosho Besukah that you're Yotzei the Mitzvah Sukkah and nevertheless Zera took away your right to do the Mitzvah in that way or the Mitzvah is not accomplished when you do it in that way. So too, Beit Hillel did the same over here. Beit Hillel, even though Beit Shemai's position in a Torah is fine, nevertheless, the Chachamim said, if you do it in that manner, you have not been Mikayim the Mitzvah. So that's the connection between these two cases, is that in both cases, Mina Torah, you've been fine. Just the Chachamim remove your Kiyuma Mitzvah if you act in this manner. If you follow the position of Beit Shemai, not only is it Lasav Loklom, but Chayav Mita. Not only just as if a neutral thing, that it's nothing, but rather there is a negative association with it, that you're Chayav Mita. How do we know that? It's not. Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah. From the response in the Mishnah to Rabbi Tarpon, they said, you would have gotten what you deserved. So you see from that, that even death was the appropriate punishment for someone who follows Divrei Beit Shemai when they could have just held like Divrei Beit Hillel. You are allowed to do Beit Shemai. What we saw before was if you're in that position, you do not have to change out of the position to be like Beit Hillel. You can stay in the position to be like Beit Shemai. The only fear of changing positions is people might think that you're holding like Beit Shemai or the halacha is like Beit Shemai. So that's the reason not to do it. If you're not in the position coming in, if you were laying down coming in, you can continue even according to Beit Hillel and say it in that position, you're fine. The only question is, if you actively change positions, then we have a problem. And that's where we have Rav Yosef and Rav Nachum Yitzchel come in and say, if you actively change your positions, that lo klom. In that instance, the Chachamim took away your right to be Mekayim the Mitzvah in that manner. Alright, next Mishnah. In Shacharit, you say the Birkot Kriyat Shema two before and one afterwards. If you remember back in the beginning of the Gemara, the Gemara says, what are we going to do? We're going to say first, talk about Kriyat Shema Shal Arvit. Then talk about Kriyat Shema Shel Shacharit, because the Pasuk says, Then the Gemara says, it's going to talk about Birchat Kriyat Shema of the morning, and then Birchat Kriyat Shema of night. And the Gemara says, that's because already he was talking about Kriyat Shema Shel Yom, so continue with the Birchat Kriyat Shema of Yom. So that's what we have now. Two brachot before, one bracha afterwards. Then Uba Erev, now moves on to the Birchat Kriyat Shema of nighttime, which is, Now the Gemara says, Achat the Mishnah says one of them is long and one of them is short. So Rashi says, what's Arukan Ktsara? So I'm at the two latter brachot in nighttime. You have Emet Vimuna and Hashkivenu are the two brachot after Kriyachma at night. One of those is long, Emet Vimuna, and one of those is short, which is Hashkivenu. So Makom Shemul Arich in Oshad Katsar. If it's supposed to be a long bracha, you can't shorten it. Likatsar in Oshad Arich. If it's a short bracha, you can't make it longer. Now, a separate din, which is lachtom, in lachtom. If you normally have a chatima, a closing bracha, then you can't leave out the closing part of the bracha. Shalolachtom, if it's a bracha that has no chatima, as Rashi points out, things like birchat mitzvah, which are just a one bracha, then in lachtom, you can't have a chatima in that case. So there's a structure or a formulation of brachot that has to be kept. And when they're formulated or they're structured as being brachot with an opening and closing brachot, that's the way they have to be. And if they're only one brachot, that's the way they have to remain. You can't switch back and forth, but you can't switch between those two forms. Tosvot says, Achat cannot be like what Rashi suggests, that it's talking about the latter two brachot at nighttime, because he says, the Gemara later on, we're going to see, says that if you don't believe that you have to say parshat tzitzit at night, 
you can end off the end of Kriyat Shema with just a short statement about Yitziat Mitzrayim. And therefore, Emet Munah will come a short bracha. So, Tosafot on the other says, no, Achat Arukav Achat Katsara is going on Emet Munah entirely. And saying, whether you make it as a long bracha, or whether you make it as a short bracha, Rabbi Tam says, whether you make it long or short, if it has a chatima, it's supposed to have a chatima. If it doesn't have a chatima, it doesn't have a chatima. So they connect between those two positions. So the question of whether achat rukachat ktsara and lachtoma enochatom are talking about the same issue, in that because they're long, therefore there is a chatima, and because they're short, there is no chatima, or do we say that the two are separate issues, like Rashi suggests here, that they're totally separate issues. Arukan Ktsara is just the definition of a bracha, size of a bracha. And there's a separate din about something with a chatima and without a chatima. Now the Gemara wants to understand, what are the brachot? So the Yushami says, seven brachot of Birkat Kriyashmar based on Sheva Baryom Hilal Ticha, that I give praise to you seven times a day. And from that, the Gemara learns out that there are seven brachot that surround Kriyashmar. Two before in the morning, one afterwards. Two before at night, and two afterwards, you get to use the seven. Now the Gemara wants to know, my bevarich. What is the shtaim lefaneha in shacharit? Sam Rabbi Yaakov, Amr Yotzer Or, Uvorech Hoshech. That's the first bracha that we're familiar with. Yotzer Or, Uvorech Hoshech. So Mar says, why don't you say, Blema Yotzer Or, Uvore Noga? We're talking about daytime now. So we're talking about the morning. Why are we talking about Uvorech Hoshech, that he creates darkness? Why don't we have it be that he creates light and uh, that which shines or that which is bright? Kidichtiv ke'amrina. The guy says, we're quoting a pasuk. The pasuk says, Yotzer or vore choshech. So since we're trying to quote the pasuk, we quote it properly. The says, wait a minute, if that's the case, el we say Yotzer or vore choshech, ose shalom We're not quoting the pasuk properly. El mi'ata, ose shalom Mika We don't read it as it's written. The Apostle continues, That's not what we say in our bracha. So that can't elective ra, the karina nakol. We change the word ra into kol, either to be euphemistic, to be a nice way of saying it, or because we don't want to be potech pela satan, we don't want to say something that's negative. So the hachanami, so why don't we do the same thing with the beginning of the bracha? Let's say yotzer or uvore noga. Why are we saying uvore choshech? Do it in a way that is positive spin to it. Or it's more euphemistic. Why are we dealing with night at all? So that can't be the answer. The answer can't be that we're quoting the Pasuk, because we don't quote the Pasuk in the end. Because even in the daytime, we have to mention about night. And at nighttime, we have to mention about the day. So We know that when it comes to daytime, we mention night, because we say, Yotzer Or Uvore Choshech. In the Birkat Kriyashma of night, where do we mention daytime? Because we say in the first bracha, So that part of that bracha is mekayim, this din of mentioning the midat ayom balayla and the midat alayla bayom v'idach mahi. What is the other bracha of Birkat Kriyashma beforehand in the morning? So we have Yotzer Vore Choshech. And then we have Avarabo. Some of you, Damar Shmuel, Avarabo. That's the next bracha. V'chein Orile Rabbi Elazar, the Rabbi B'dad Birei. You say Avarabo. Tani Nami Hochi. We have a bright that supports this. Ein Omrim Avatolam, Ela Avarabo. We don't say Avatolam in the morning, we say Avarabo. In the evening, we say Avatolam. V'rabbanan Amrei, Avatolam. V'rabbanan say, you say Avatolam in both instances. 
וכן אומר, אני אביא לך פסוק תפרוב דס, ואהבת עולם אהבתיך, על כן משכתי חוסד. That Hashem loved us, that everlasting love. So there is this, Avat Olam is the proper formulation of the bracha. The Rabbanan believe that you should say Avat Olam, that's what the Sephardim do. Sephardim say Avat Olam in the morning, and they say Avat Olam at night. So why did the Ashkenazim say Avarabah in the daytime? So that's Tosafot. Tosafot says here, the first Tosafot on the Yomot says, Hilkach takinu lomar b'shachrit Avarabah, u'baravit Avat Olam. Because the Rabbanan say you should say Avat Olam, Therefore, even though we have all these other statements from the Amorim that it's Avarabah, so some form of compromise, we do Avarabah in the morning, and we do Avatolam in the evening. So we're making both, both perspectives or both views over here. Now, the Gemara is going to move on to something else. But these two brachot, it's important to note that here, both in the morning and at night, we do the same thing. We say, we have to mention Midat HaYom, Balayla, Midat HaLayom, and then we have a second bracha, which is Avarabah and Avatolam. And those two brachot reflect the different aspects of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. There's an aspect of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, which is that he's the Melech HaOlam, that he's the God of the entire world. There's another aspect of God, which is that he's the God of Israel. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hashem is our God, but he's also the God of the entire world. And those brachot reflect those two aspects of God. The first bracha being an aspect of creation. Kiyom HaOlam, Midatayom Balayla, Midatalala Bayom. Things that deal with the world as a whole. God as being the God of all creation, the God of nature. But then we have a second bracha in each of these cases, which is the uniqueness of Klal Yisrael, of Avat Olam and Avar And those two aspects are reflected in the Shema Yisrael. When we are Mikabel Omachut Shamayim, we acknowledge Hashem being our God, but also that Hashem is the God of all and everyone. And so the two brachot are almost like an introduction or a... I would say like a Hinini Muchan, as we're going into Kabbalat Oma Chutzemayim, that they're giving us the two themes that are going to be manifest in the Kabbalat Oma Chutzemayim. And the Brachot are that introduction that gives us the proper perspective coming into the Kabbalat Oma Chutzemayim. And now the Gemara continues. Amar Yudah Mashmo. Hishkim Lishnot Ajlo Kara Kriyachma Tzarech Levarech. person gets up to learn before he davens, says Kriyachma, he has to make a Bracha Birkat Torah. Mishikara Kriyachma. If someone already read Kriyachma, ain't Sarech Levarech. You don't have to make Birkut Torah afterwards. Shukvar Niftar Bavarabah. As you always already Yodzei Bavarabah, as Rashi points out, because thematically it has a lot of what Birkut Torah has, which is Vitaim Bili Beinu Bil Mod Ulamid Lishmar Velasel to the Kaimit called Direi Tamut Torah Teicha. Tomdeim Chukevitzonecha. These are the themes that are found in Birkut Torah, and that's the way we pass in the Halacha. That if one, for whatever reason, forgot to say Birkat Torah, or someone's in a position of Safek, then we can rely on the Bracha Birkat Kriyachma to replace the Birkat Torah. So Amar Avuna, the Mikra Tzarech Levarech, or the Midrash Ein Tzarech Levarech. So let's talk about Birkat Torah in general. When do you have to make Birkat Torah, and when do you not have to make Birkat Torah? So Avuna suggests that it's only when you're learning Torah Shubichtav. Midrash, you don't need a Birkat Torah. Rabbi Lazar Amar, the Mikra, Ula Midrash Tzarech Levarech. You need to vote for a Torah Bichtav and the Drashot on Torah Bichtav that are closely associated with it. But the Mishnah in Tzarech Levarech. When it comes to Mishnayot, you don't need a Birkat HaTorah. Be'yochan Amar, Afna Mishnah, Nami Tzarech Levarech. For Mishnah, you have to make a Birkat HaTorah. But the Talmud in Tzarech Levarech. When it comes to Gemara, you don't have to make Birkat HaTorah. Rav Amar, in the way we paskin, Afna Talmud Tzarech Levarech. Even for Gemara, you have to... Make the bracha birkat ha-Torah.
No, it's not Midrash like Agarato, it's Midrash like Sifra Sifri, which is the halachic drashot on the Psukim, that are closely associated with the Psukim. There it's associated with the Pasuk, it's associated directly with the Pasuk. The Midrash is on the Pasuk itself, versus Mishnah, which is run independently of the of the Psukim. It's a body of knowledge that doesn't necessarily relate directly to a Pasuk, Pasuk by Pasuk, it's, it's almost an extract. It's learned originally from the psukim, but it's not connected directly to psukim. It's an organization of the material that is not related directly to the psukim. We were sitting in front of Rav when he was going to teach us in the Pirkin, he was going to teach us the Sifra, Sifra de Rav, which is the Midrash Halacha on the psukim. Have a Maktim. Beforehand, he washed it, and he made a Torah, and then he would teach us. So you see, even for these items, you would need to sifir the Beirav, you'd have to make a Birkata Torah. So now Gemara wants to know, my Mivarech. What are the Birkata Torah? So I'm Rav Yudam Ashmol, Asher Kiddishanu B'mitzvotav, Vitzivanu Lasok B'divrei Torah. That's the Girs of Arbracha, that's the way we say it. The Rif has an alternative Girs of Al-Divrei Torah. Rabbi Yochanan Misayim Bahochi, he completes this bracha, he concludes this bracha with, Harevna Hashem Elokeinu et Divrei Toratcha Befinu, Upipibiyot Amcha Beit Yisrael, Vinei Anachnu Betzitzeinu Betzitzei Amcha Beit Yisrael, Kulani Yodei Shemecha, and now here it says, Ve'oskei Toratecha, the Rif has an alternative girsa over here, which is Ve'lom Dei Toratcha Lishma, which is the girsa that we follow, Baruch Atah Hashem Amalei Torah, there's a lot to say about this. We'll come back in one second. Which is the second bracha of Birkata Torah. One of those two girsot. That's the best of the brachot. Asher Bacharbanu is the nicest or the most beautiful of the brachot. And now we have here in our Gemara Hilkach the Mirin Hulakulu. Therefore we say all of them. That's the conclusion here. The Rif and the Rosh have a girsa. Amar Rav Papa, Hilkach Lemrinu Lekulu. Rav Papa says, therefore we say them all. Why I point that out is this, we mentioned this when we did this in Chulin, that Rav Papa in numerous places in Shas is the, I'll call him the ultimate reconciler, compromiser, where when we have multiple opinions, he says, therefore we'll keep both opinions. We'll do both. And here we have Amar Rav Papa again says, Hilkach Lukulu. So it would be befitting Rav Papa's uh, personality that he would be the one who says it. It's also important because we actually say in the Siyum, where we say when we have Siyum Shas, we just pass, whenever you see him Masechta, over there we quote, talk about all the children of Rav Papa. So the usual explanation that's given is because the, he had all these children that followed in the ways of Torah. And therefore, that's something to be praised, and that's something that we want to emulate, that our children should all follow in the ways of Torah. Another explanation, which I heard from Rav Rosenbaum, he mentioned, and after I had mentioned him, shown all the places in Shas where Rav Papa does this, he noted that the number of times in Shas where Rav Papa says, Hilkach will do both of them, is the same as the number of children that are mentioned in the Siyum HaMasechto. And that is that he was zocher for being the one who compromised and the one who reconciled. He was zocher to these children that were Tamidei Chachamim. Which is a beautiful explanation of that practice of mentioning them afterwards. Right now, going back to Roni's question, which was, wait a minute, as you move away from Torah Shebikhtav, you have less likely to make the bracha. Why is that? And we know that Torah Shebikhtav, Torah Shebikhtav, are all given in Sinai, they're all part of Torah. 
So the question here is, Birkat Torah on the Chefsa of Torah? Or is Birkat Torah al-Limut Torah, on the learning of Torah? And that's what that argument is about over here. Is Birkat Torah simply about the Chefsa of Torah, and therefore only on Torah Shebichtav would you say it? Or is it about being Osig and Limut Torah, and that would be even up to Gemara? So the differences or the range that you're running in between is, how close are you to the Chefsa of Torah versus how far away are, are you from the Chefsa Torah, will you still make a bracha? We obviously paskin like Ravva, which is not only is the Chefsa of Torah, like Tosh Bichtav require bracha, but even the Limud Torah and the Isuk B'Torah, including Tosh Bichtav, is included in that, and therefore you have to make Birkat Torah. The second question you have to ask is, what is the bracha of Birkat Torah? What type of bracha is this? We know that we have categories of brachot. We have Birkat Anenin, we have Birkat Mitzvot, we have Birkat Shevach Vahoda'ah, where is this bracha, birkat Torah? where does it fit in? So there are two possibilities here. One is that it's a birkat mitzvah, that it's a bracha over the mitzvah of limit Torah, and that's what you're making here. You have a bracha like any other of the birkat mitzvot. The other possibility is that it's birkat shevach v'odah. It's giving praise to Hashem for our ability to engage in Torah and our unique position that we have the Torah. Birkat shevach v'odah. So... Why does it make a difference whether it's a birkat mitzvah or it's birkat shevach v'odah? So one of the differences actually might be, and here the Shulchan Aruch mentions uh, two of these things. One of them is that do women make birkat Torah? We know that by the practice of the Sfaradim, when it comes to women who opt into a mitzvah, they do not make a brach on that mitzvah. So here the women who may or may not be chayavin or chayavot in Torah, or the mitzvah of Limud Torah has a range of opinions, but assuming that they don't have the same chiv or chiv, then they don't need to make birkata mitzvah. If they don't have to make birkata mitzvah, then why would the Shulchan Aruch believe here that women have to make birkata Torah? The Shulchan Aruch is consistent with this opinion in other places where women opt into a mitzvah, they shouldn't have to make the bracha. Yet, the Shulchan Aruch paskins over here that they do make the bracha, indicating that he thinks it's not a birkat mitzvah, but rather a bracha of shevach v'hoda'ah. First of all, it's not clear. But even if you do believe that, is that a separate din in limud Torah, or is that a part of the mitzvah? That limud is just part of the kiyum ha-mitzvah. In order to be kind of the mitzvah, you need to know how to do it. So that's an extension of the mitzvah itself, not a separate mitzvah of, ki- of limud Torah. The other nafkamino is with regards to hirhur, in Limud Torah, everybody agrees that if one is Mehar Her in Divrei Torah, that, that he's Mekayim the Mitzvah of Limud Torah. Question is, do you have to make a Bracha on Hirurei Torah? So the Mechaber believes that you do not have to make a Bracha of Birkat Torah when you have Hirurim about Divrei Torah. Well, if it's a Birkat Mitzvah, then why should it matter whether you're actually speaking Divrei Torah or being Mehar Her in Divrei Torah? On the other hand, if you believe that Birkat Torah Sheva then it might only be on the chetz of Torah that when you're speaking Torah that you have to make a bracha. But when you're rak b'harher b'torah, even though you're makayim the mitzvah, that doesn't have a din of the shevach v'hoda'ah. So therefore in these two areas, both with women and with regards to hirhur, it seems from the mechaber that he believes that birkat Torah is birkat shevach v'hoda'ah and not a birkat mitzvah. There are others like the Ramah who believe that it's, or like the Ramah who seem to be indicating that Birkat Torah is more like a Birkat Mitzvah and not a Birkat Shevach Vodah. One of the suggestions is that the reason we have two brachot for Birkat Torah is because you have both aspects. That one of those brachot is a Birkat Mitzvah, 
And the other one is the Birkat HaShebach Vodah. Birkat HaMitzvah is Lasuk B'divrei Torah. And the Bracha of Asher Bachar Banu is the Bracha of Shevach Vodah. So there's a possibility that the reason we have two brachot here is to incorporate both of these ideas, both that of Birkat HaMitzvah as well as Birkat Shevach Vodah. The other thing to note here quickly is just the fact that Rabbi Yochanan says, Misayim Ba shows you that it's one bracha. That Torah continues into the bracha of Harevna, and that's why it would be inappropriate to answer if one's being Yotze with someone who's making the bracha, it's inappropriate to say Amen after Lasuk B'divrei Torah, because that's not the conclusion of the bracha. The bracha continues from Lasuk B'divrei Torah into Varevna. It's a singular bracha with a Ptichan Echatima, and you only answer Amen after the completion of the entirety of the bracha, and this comes up every year on the morning of Shavuot, where people are being Yotze with the Birkot HaTorah, that in that instance, one should not answer Amen between those two. The last thing I want to mention is what Tosfut raises over here. Tosfut says, he brings from the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says that in order to be Yotze by Avarabba as the Birkata Torah, you must learn immediately afterwards. You have to learn Torah immediately after davening. If you don't learn immediately after davening, Avarabba cannot replace Birkata Torah. Tosfut then says, well, what about us? When we make Birkata Torah, we run out of shul after Shachrit. We go to work right away. What happens to the Limita Torah that you need to do? So the first answer Tosfut says it's a difference between Avarabba and Birkat Torah. Avarabba, which is only like a quasi Birkat Torah, there you need to learn afterwards to indicate that it's a Birkat Torah. When you re- make the real Birkat Torah, then you don't need to learn right afterwards because it's clear that that is Birkat Torah. That's the first answer. The second answer Tosfut says is that when a person makes the Birkat Torah in the morning, even though he won't learn until halfway through the day or until in the evening, still he says shiny Torah, shenu mayesh da'ato. He never leaves his mind. Person's always obligated to learn all the time. And so no matter where he is or where he's going afterwards, he's still on his mind that he wants to do this or that he wants to become the mitzvah. So there is no hesachadat over here. And that will be in distinction with the mitzvah of sukkah, for instance. Every time you go into the sukkah, you make another bracha of leisheba sukkah. How come every time you go in, you make leisheba sukkah by birkat Torah? We don't do that. That's because the difference of mitzvah of Leishim is local mitzvah. Limud Torah is an overarching mitzvah. I've heard from Rav Soloveitchik. My brother-in-law said the formulation was that it's in the consciousness of the individual, that a person always has in the back of his mind the Limud Torah, and Torah is a part of his life. Uh, the way I heard it formulated was that when it comes to Torah, Torah is a guide of a person's actions throughout his life. Torah is not simply about limud Torah, but even a way a person acts, whether it's in the workplace, how they conduct themselves in business, is also guided by Torah. And that is a kiyom of mitzvah Torah and limud Torah. And so therefore, there really isn't ever any hesachadat min Torah, because Torah is our whole worldview. It's the entirety of our life. And that thematically is important. It's also important in understanding the birkat Torah. We know that the Gemara Nidarim asks, Why was the Eretz lost there? The Pasuk, the Nabi answers because they didn't learn Torah. The Gemara Nidarim says, Now that can't be the case. They were learning Torah, but because they didn't make Birkat Torah. And that's important. Birkat Torah is both an understanding that Limit Torah is a mitzvah. It's also Shevach Odah. But more importantly, it's an indication, the way that we act with Birkat Torah, we make it at the beginning of the day, and it fills our consciousness through the whole day, is a whole approach to Torah. It's a whole view of how Torah permeates our lives. And therefore, one who does not make Birkat Torah does not understand 
the value, the power, and the importance of Torah to their entirety of their life, not that it's just a simple mitzvah, and not that it's an intellectual exercise, but rather it's a life, and it's about how one conducts their life. And that's why Birkat Torah are so important. It's important to have the proper kavanot when they make Birkat Torah. And our minhag, anyway, to deal with this is that we actually do say the psukim afterwards. We say the psukim of Birkat Koanim to learn Torah Shvichtav. After we say the Mishnah of Elud Dvarim to learn Mishnah. And then we say the second Brighta of Elud Dvarim to learn, quote-unquote, Gemara from Torah Koanim. And therefore we are mekayim all different forms of Limuda Torah of Mikhtav, Mishnah, and Gemara right afterwards in order to be mekayim both shitot. To say that we learn Torah immediately as well as we have this idea of the Tosavot that we don't have to make this bracha again during the daytime. Right, let's continue in the Gemara. Tonight, Hatam, we have a Mishnah over there. Amalema Muneh is a Mishnah in Tamid that describes the morning activities in the Mikdash. Muneh, that's the Iskan Kohen, says them, Baruchu Brachachat. Make one of the brachot. Of Birkat Kriyashma in the beginning, we saw there were two brachot beforehand. He says, make one of them. The Gemara will come back and say, which one of them? Vein Baruchu. They made it. Vekaru, Aseret Adibrot. Shema. They read the Aseret Adibrot, then they read Shema. Vayayim Shemoa. Vayomer. The three parshiot of Kriyashma. Ubarchu at the Am Gimu Brachot. Not that they gave a brachot to the Am, but they, together with the rest of the people, they made three brachot. Emet Vyatsiv. The bracha after Kriyashma. Vavuda is Ritzei. At the feel that Hashem should accept the Avod on the Mikdash. Ubirkat Kohanim. And Birkat Kohanim here, as Tosfo points out, is not the real Birkat Kohanim. They weren't given the bracha, but the way we say it in Chutz Taaretz, or the way people say it when there aren't Kohanim in the show, Velkeinu Velkei Avoteinu. It's a Zikaron, the Birkat Kohanim, but not the actual Birkat Kohanim. Ubi Shabbat, Mosufim Bracha Achat, the Mishmar Yotzei. And on Shabbat, they add on an additional bracha for the exchange of the Mishmarot. The Kohanim are divided up into 24 Mishmarot. They divide up year into 24 different weeks, and each week a different Mishmar comes up, and they used to switch midday on, on Shabbat. So there's an additional bracha for the Mishmar Yotzei, we'll see later on in the Gemara, the Gemara will give us the, that bracha. Right? My bracha achat. Which is the bracha that we say beforehand? They say one of the two brachot they say beforehand. Ki had Rabbi Ava, Rabbi Yossi, Bar Ava, Iklu Hacha. They went to the city. Ba'uminayu, my bracha achat. What is this bracha achat? Lo hava they didn't know. Ba'atu she'elu the Rav They then went to Rav Mato. Lo hava b'yodai. He didn't know what it was either. Ba'atu she'elu the Rav Yehuda. Finally got to Rav Yehuda. Amalhu, achi amar Shmuel. Right, Rav Yehuda is a Talmud of Rav and Shmuel. Right here he says the name is Shmuel, Avarabo. They didn't say Yotzer of Orechoshek, they said Avarabo, and that's because it was too early in the morning. Anybody who said Kriyachma with a Kohanim now was not Yotzer Kriyachma because it's before Zaman Kriyachma. So it's also before the time that you'd say Orevore Choshek possibly. And therefore it was too early to say that bracha. They only said the bracha of Avarabo. Ve'am Rab Zvika, Am Rabbi Ami, Am Rabbi Shimon Lokish, Yotzer Or. No, the one bracha they said was Yotzer Or, not Avarabo. Kiata Rabbi Yitzchak by Yosef, Amar had the Rabbi Zvika Labefeirushitmar. That, what we're quoting from Rabbi Zvika was not explicitly stated. Ela Michlole Itmar, it was an inference. Da'am Rabbi Zvika, Am Rabbi Ami, Am Rabbi Shimon Lokish, Zoto Meret, Brachot, Ein Makbod Zuadzu. From this Mishnah in Tamid, he says, you can see that brachot are not ma'akvot, echad edesheni. One bracha does not affect the other bracha, of Yotzer Or and Avarabo. They're independent brachot. So when it says, Iyamart bishlama Yotzer Or, hava amrei. If you said that they said Yotzer Or and not Avarabo, then you conclude, hainu de brachot ein ma'akvot zuudzu, they're not ma'akev. Deloka amrei Avarabo, because you're not saying Avarabo, so you see that there is no iku. El Iyamart Avarabo havu amrei. If you suggest that they really said Avarabo, my brachot ain't makvotudzu. How can you prove from this that brachot are not makvotudzu? Dilma hai delo amre yotzer or mishum delo matas van yotzer or. The reason they didn't say yotzer or is not because they didn't want to say it, but because rather it wasn't the right time. Chimatas van yotzer or av amre. And when the time came, they did say it. 
So maybe they are makvot zutzu. You need to say both of them in order to be yotze. You just have to say yotze or later because of the time frame in which they're saying it. So the only way you could prove that brachot in makvot zutzu is to say that they only said yotze or and not avarabo. And that's the inference that tells us that Rabbi Zerika really believed that. Where it says, So what's the difference if it's michlala? I mean, it's a good proof. Whether it's inferred or it says explicitly, here you come up. Because the way it says no. Because the inference is not foolproof here. Really they said And when Yotzer came later on, they did say it. And brachot But then he say, You misunderstood that. Brachot eimak vodzudzu doesn't mean you can say them independently, but rather, umay brachot eimak vodzudzu, say their brachot. The order of the brachot is not makav. Because over here you're saying avaraba first, and then yotzer or. So the inference is not a foolproof inference. You could have read it a different way. You could have inferred something else. So therefore he's telling you that it is an inference and not a direct statement because it's not clear that you can come to this conclusion, or absolutely, it's muhrach that you come to this conclusion. There's another way of interpreting that statement of Rav Zrika, and if you do that, then you don't come to the same conclusion about the fact that they said, Yotzer not Avarabba. He says, I think that is the inference, but it's not as strong a statement as having a clear and defined statement from Rav Zvika. Okay, we'll stop over here.